I like to buck the garden system just a little bit. After all, this is not your grandmother's vegetable patch. This is a wild child garden. And we don't always do what the experts say. In fact, I love to experiment in my garden, and I especially love to experiment with seeds. I think everyone should do this. Even if it's just a few seeds, the reward may just blow you away. Hey, Zone 9 Gardener, did you know that you can harvest from your backyard garden 52 weeks a year? That's right, in the wild child garden, there's no need for cover crops. There's never a time when we can't plant something and there's always room to add some beauty. On the Wild Child Kitchen Gardening Podcast, I'm gonna show you how to turn your garden into a wild child garden. And you can learn more about growing beautiful veggies the wild child way at www.releaseyourinnerwildchild.com. Welcome back to the podcast. I hope that you are having a fantastic week this week. We're talking about something that is super exciting to me. I want to hopefully convince you to start a few of your vegetables for your spring garden by seed. Now, before we dig into all the reasons why I think that you should do this, I do want to sort of just give you a timeline here. A lot of us start thinking about tomatoes, peppers, eggplant, squash and zucchini, cucumbers, and basil sometime around mid-March. If that is when you like to start your spring gardening, put the brakes on, back it up just a little bit, and consider starting your spring garden right now, indoors, by seed. If you wait until it's really spring, You've missed the boat on starting a lot of these amazing varieties by seed. And it will be one more year that has gone by that you have not gotten the fullest potential of your garden. Now, you might be thinking that's pretty bold of me to say that it's the fullest potential of your garden only can come when you start your own seeds. And I'm going to hopefully convince you of that today. I have a few reasons why. I really believe you should start just a few seeds. You don't have to start everything by seed. The nursery will have plenty of those tried and true varieties. But I want to ask you to just stretch yourself a little bit. And don't worry, I won't ask you to do it alone. I have a free class starting on January 7th called Success with Seeds. This is an eight-week program inside of a Facebook group. I have never seen anything else like this, and the response is always incredible. This year, we have almost a 1,000 gardeners inside of our course that are going to start seeds with us. We take you step by step from choosing your seeds ordering supplies, all the way to transplanting in the garden. This takes about eight weeks, and we'll do it together, and it's completely free. That is how much I believe you need to start some seeds. I have this course linked for you below in the show notes, or you can visit www.releaseyourinnerwildchild.com forward slash seeds to sign up. Again, it's completely free. You really have nothing to lose. But you have so much to gain. 
And today I want to try to convince you of what you are leaving on the table when you don't start your own seeds. And I hope that you just experiment a little bit this season because it's so much fun, but there's so many great reasons to start seeds. For me, it's going to have to start always with the varieties. Now, if you've been listening along to the podcast for any amount of time, you know that the Wild Child Garden has to meet three criteria. Every single thing that we plant needs to be easy to grow, overproducing, and absolutely beautiful. When you start your vegetables by seed, you can choose varieties that fit those three criteria, and you can do it by really being able to have time and information to do due diligence and to get the research in that you need to make sure that these varieties are a great fit for you. Tell me how many times you've been to the nursery and you're in their vegetable transplant aisle and there is a sign that says tomatoes or a sign that says peppers. And then the plant tags are missing from just about every single four-pack. And the few that you're able to find just simply say the variety of tomato. You really can't figure out anything else about it. And so you break out your phone on the aisle and you're trying to research and figure out exactly how it grows, what it produces, what its tolerances are, and it becomes overwhelming. I call this, you're going to laugh, but I call this Piccadilly Syndrome. Now listen, I love Piccadilly and I would eat Piccadilly once a week if I had one remotely close to me. I love it. Hamburger steak, macaroni and cheese, mustard greens. Give it to me every week. Love it. But here's the deal with Piccadilly. It's nerve wracking, right? There's so much pressure. You have to go up to the counter You've got your tray. You're following behind. They're they're urging you to choose what it is that you want to order. And probably the reason that the only thing I get at Piccadilly is hamburger steak, macaroni and cheese, and mustard greens is because I'm too scared to, to even look at anything else. The line is moving. They're asking me. I need to make a decision. So I grab it and I go sit down. Now, lucky for me, that meal is pretty darn good. And I love Piccadilly. But when you're starting vegetable growing, it can feel the exact same way. You're in the nursery. The aisles are crowded. You can't really do any research. You don't really want to take the time. Oh, you see something that you've seen before? You grab it, and that's what we're planting. I know I cannot be alone here. On the other hand, if you start your vegetables by seeds, you have ample time to peruse seed catalogs, Google reviews, really ask around and get some great information about each variety you are considering. This makes experimenting so much easier and less risky. I love a good experiment in the garden, but for me, I really want to know that the risk is pretty low. I don't want to grow something super risky. I'm not going to experiment with tropical plants. I know better than that. But I do like to do a little bit of experimenting within varieties. Here's another example. There are certain varieties that you can grow by seed that will do phenomenal in your zone nine garden, but that are never going to be found 
a nursery. Did you know there are squash and zucchini varieties that are squash vine borer resistant? Varieties like rompicante and trombocino. Varieties like castata romanesco, the Italian ribbed zucchini. These guys do phenomenal in our zone nine gardens, but you're never going to see them in the nursery. There's another variety I love to grow, white scalloped squash. It is gorgeous and delicious. I love to gut the inside of it because it's a patty pan squash, so it looks like a little pie. I love to gut the inside middle and stuff it, and it literally looks like a little pie. They're so delicious. You'll never see those in the nursery. So you are leaving so much excitement, so much fun, so much enjoyment, so many harvest behind simply because you're just choosing what the nursery offers. Now listen, I will always go to the nursery every season because I want those tried and true varieties. I don't start those in my seed starting endeavors. I only start things that I know I have had trouble finding in the past or that I really just want to experiment with. And that's another reason why seed starting is so much fun because it of the timing. It's January. We have time to really figure this out. We have time to start seeds. We have time to experiment. This isn't March 15th and we're already a week and a half behind. Also, to go along with the timing, we can start our seeds now. And if they're ready to go out to the garden by mid-February and there's no cold snaps in the immediate future, we can go ahead and plant. You're not going to see varieties in the nurseries in February. You're just not. So you're confined to having to wait until mid-March to plant. And that, we all know, is risky. Because the later we grow in our Zone 9 gardens, the more we have to worry about pest and disease. As our summers heat up, we start to see the need to water more, which means that we end up with a more humid environment and those big-leafed vegetables start to develop mold and mildew. It happens every year. Wouldn't it be nice for you to have already taken out those vegetables and put in some heat-tolerant vegetables that really grow themselves for the summer, like okra and southern peas, melons, pumpkins? So much fun. But you can't do that if you plant in late March and you're still waiting to get that first fruit. When you start seeds yourself, you control the time you plant. You control what it is that's going into your garden. You control it all. And you know exactly where your seeds have come from and what you have been feeding them. That's one thing that I love about starting seeds. I know that my seeds are purchased from reputable companies. Now, while there is no such thing as a genetically modified seed, so you don't have to worry about that, there is absolutely a such thing as an inferior seed. There's absolutely such a thing as 
a hybrid seed or a cross-pollinated seed. Those things absolutely exist. I love purchasing seeds from reputable companies that I have purchased from before that I love. And I know where this seed is coming from. I know how it was grown and I know how it has been fed as I have grown it up to go out into the garden. My seeds are fed a completely organic, mild, nutrient-rich fertilizer that improves not only the plant, but the soil inside of the container that it's growing in. So when I transplant it out into the garden, the soil that's going with it is going to benefit it for at least a few more weeks while it gets acclimated to the garden. This makes such a difference in the health of your plants. One thing I am told over and over again by students who join me in Success with Seeds is how much better the quality of their plants are. Well, believe you me, if there is one thing that I'm going to focus on when I'm growing vegetables, whether they're indoors in seed trays or outside in my garden, it's going to be their soil. You can be sure that any vegetable that is grown by me is going to be grown in amazing nutrient-rich soil, and I am going to set that plant up for success. And when you start seeds with me, you're going to start your plants up for success too. Now, what does that mean? And how is that different from a nursery? Well, it means that what you're putting out into the garden is a plant that is already stronger because synthetic fertilizers weaken plants. So as these plants are being grown indoors, they're being grown in a so-called greenhouse. You've heard of that before, right? We talk about raising our kids in greenhouses. You've heard all of those trendy books and blog posts that have been written about greenhouse kids, right? The greenhouse effect. That means that When you grow in a greenhouse and then you have to go out into the world, a lot of times that means that you're not defensive. You are not resistant. You have not prepared yourself for what may come. What's the same exact thing? These seedlings have been grown indoors. They have never felt wind. They do not know a thing about pest and disease. So when they go outside and they have to even experience the sun for the first time, it's a lot of trouble for these little guys. And sometimes you'll experience transplant shock from that. But when they are grown in an environment where they have been organically built up and they have been set up for success, then their shock is not as bad. Their defenses build very quickly and rarely do we see anything happen to these seedlings. It is actually pretty amazing. And it would be great if the nurseries would jump on board with this and stop feeding synthetic fertilizer to their transplants just to get them big and green for you to bring home and then expose them to the real world where they have a whole lot of trouble. This is a great reason to start seeds. Healthy plants. Because trust me, if you want a garden that's easy to grow and that's overproducing and that's beautiful, you're going to need to make sure that it's got healthy plants in it. As soon as the pests come, the beauty goes away. 
As soon as the disease comes, the overproducing goes away. And when that all goes away, you stop going out there. And when you stop going out there, the beauty fades. It's actually pretty amazing how much our gardens reflect the time that someone's out there with them. Our gardens are beautiful because they're loved. And whenever you start your garden from seed, you've got some really amazing varieties out there that are really easy to love. And that is so exciting and so fun. It is exciting to see that little baby seed sprout for the first time. It's exciting to see it get its true leaves. It's exciting to see it become a plant that looks like something you would buy in a nursery. And it's exciting when it gets its first flower and its first fruit and you harvest from it all season long. That is so much fun. Start seeds this season, even if you just start a few. The reward is so great. Here's my challenge to you. Pick a few things, a few exciting tomatoes to you. Maybe the Berry's Crazy Cherry tomato. Maybe the Brad's Atomic Grape tomato. Just start those. Make sure you have an arch or a trellis for them and just start those. That's it. I promise you, you will be hooked forever and ever if that is all that you do. Now, before you dive off into seed starting and start perusing all the catalogs, I do want to warn you, don't just wing it. There are a few things I want to share with you that I've done wrong in the past that I have learned from and that have really taught me a lot about who I am as a gardener and also about what seedlings actually need in order to thrive. Now, who I am as a gardener is I'm a lazy gardener. I'm a busy mom, so I need a busy woman's garden. That's exactly what the wild child garden is. But I'm also going to need a busy woman seed starting program. That's why I have been known to try to start my seeds in the middle of winter in a windowsill. I have been known to try to start them under lamps. I have been known to try to start them in outdoor greenhouses. These things do not work. Let me tell you why. In a windowsill, you will never ever get the amount of light that your plants need, even if it's the sunniest room in your house. That's because these little guys need 16 to 18 hours of sunlight a day. We are not getting that right now. So you're going to need supplemental light. And if you need supplemental light and you're a busy woman, then why not just start them under lights altogether? Why not just start them there so you don't have to move them to the windowsill every day, right? I love starting my seedlings indoors, under lights. It is such an easy way to be successful, but not just any lights. A one huge mistake gardeners make, and I get this question all the time, and that is, what grow lights do I need, right? Everybody thinks you need the grow lights, the pink lights, the purple lights. You've seen them. Grow lights are actually not the best option for seed starting. They're more for growing plants indoors that you are never going to bring outside or that require a very specific type of light. 
This is not the same kind of light that our seedlings need. So I recommend LED shop lights. And listen, when you join Success With Seeds, you are going to get my full supply list. Everything you need to start seeds successfully. It is an investment of about $100, but you can reuse this over and over and over again. Everything is reusable. So it's a one-time investment. And the lights that I have used for about three years now are on there and they are phenomenal. You want to get the right lights. Trust me, stay out of the windowsill. You also want to purchase a shelving unit or in my case, a very inexpensive greenhouse. The greenhouses on Amazon, you just cannot beat the price. You couldn't buy a shelving unit for $34.99 and that's what they cost on Amazon. So I love to use these greenhouses to start my seeds, but I set it up indoors. Don't use an outdoor Amazon greenhouse with the clear plastic zip-up shell. Guys, let me tell you something. One year, it snowed, and I was knee-deep in seed starting. Um, it was probably like January, and I had all of my beautiful seedlings in their little greenhouse, and everybody was so happy, and it was going to snow. So we ended up having to put heat inside of the greenhouse and we had to do all of these tricks because of course we had to protect our little guys because it was going to be so cold, right? But here's what we didn't take into account. Yes, it was freezing cold, but the sun was shining. So guess what temperature it was inside of my greenhouse? It was 110 degrees, literally at like 7 a.m., I lost every single plant that year. Devastating. Keep your greenhouse indoors. This is South Louisiana. This is zone nine. Wherever you're growing in zone nine, you probably have extreme highs and lows and can maybe shift 30 to 40 degrees in a day. Don't even put yourself through it. Set up your greenhouse indoors where you can control everything and get the right lights. I'm telling you, that is how you do it. Finally, I received a couple of questions about seed starting that I haven't already gone through today. I've gone through several of them already throughout the podcast, but I do want to address a couple of things. One question I'm asked often is, can I start seeds if I have a vacation planned or if I have some sort of circumstance that's going to prevent me from being able to turn my lights on and off every day for my little seedlings. Remember, they need 16 to 18 hours a day of light, which means they're going to get about six to eight hours of darkness. Yes, you can still do this. You can purchase a timer, and a lot of people do this regardless of if they are going to be away or not. Makes it even easier for the busy woman as she starts her seeds. But either way, timers work fantastic. Use a timer if you're going to be out of town. I'm telling you, your little guys are going to do much better than you think that they would. The issue would be here during germination. So you absolutely want to make sure that everything has germinated before you leave to go out of town or that you don't start anything prior to going out of town. So you want to make sure your timing is right. But as long as your timing is right, you're good to go. Another question I get asked often is, what about heat mats. Do seedlings need to grow on heat mats? And the answer to that is yes. Seedlings need heat mats to sprout. 
So the thing is, is that these are warm season vegetables we're starting in January, right? That means that they like their soil warm. Well, it's going to be really hard to get warm soil right now, right? Even indoors, it's going to be difficult. So we use heat mats to warm that soil up to sprout these vegetables. Once they've sprouted, they no longer need the heat, but they do need the heat to get them up and growing. So yes, you will need heat mats. And trust me, you want them because a heat mat will speed up germination like you cannot believe. So a tomato seed that is started in 70 degree soil will germinate in about seven to 10 days. That means they'll sprout out from the soil and start growing within about a week. With soil temperatures in the 60s, it's going to take that tomato seed 40 days to sprout. Oh my goodness. Could you imagine? Get the heat mats. You absolutely need them and you're going to want to have them. One other question I'm asked all the time is about the potting up process during seed starting. Now, I understand the confusion here, and I get it that it seems like a very complicated, very overwhelming, not really suitable to a busy woman kind of process. And I would agree with you. That's exactly what it is. That's why in the wild child seed starting method, we don't do it. <laughs> if it's going to be done by me, it's going to have to be easy. It's going to have to really just make sense. And the potting up process doesn't. So in the wild child seed starting method, we start all of our seeds in the container that they are going to grow in until we put them in the garden. And listen, these containers are super fancy. We start our seeds in solo cups <laughs> because you don't have to pot up. You start your seed in a solo cup and guess what? You take that solo cup eight weeks later to your garden and you transplant that vegetable that's inside. That is wild child seed starting at its finest. Now listen, if you wanna start seeds, come start them with us. Join me in Success With Seeds. Doors close January 7th, so you have just a couple more days to jump in, get your supplies, and get ready to grow. We are gonna start our first seeds shortly after we close the doors. You still got time though www.releaseyourinnerwildchild.com forward slash seeds and come and grow with us. I can tell you, you will be successful. You will be so proud and you will have a fantastic garden season with these healthy, amazing plants. I hope I see you inside and until next time, keep growing. See you next week. Thank you so much for joining me here today on the Wild Child Kitchen Gardening Podcast. I hope today's episode has inspired you to get outdoors and release your inner wild child. I know that when you do, you will heal your soul. Until next time, keep growing and find out more about Wild Child Kitchen Garden at www.releaseyourinnerwildchild.com. Thank you so much again for joining me and I will see you right back here next time.